From dream to destiny. From dream to destiny. And I, I, I think at some, some point in the past, I touched on this, but I just believe prophetically God wants to speak to some of us this morning, encourage some of us this morning. You know, we've been hearing about the devil increasing his attacks in the last couple of months. We had Julian Richards who came here and had a prophetic word as he was driving into our bus saying, listen, you've got to recognize the battle is getting more intense. We met the, uh, the guy from Canada, Phil Jones, if you remember. He gave us a prophetic word about Gates about a year back. He was with us with our leaders last week. He, he made mention, of course, and also getting God's perspective uh, when things happen that don't seem to add up in the natural. And I believe this morning there might be some of us sitting here with a dream that God gave us perhaps many, many years back. And it may seem like there's no movement with regards to that dream. Anyone feel like that sometimes? Lord, you've given me a prophetic word. Lord, you've spoken about my destiny. But everything seems like it's at a standstill. It's, it's, it's stalled. And, and perhaps one of the things you're saying, Lord, how long more do I have to wait till this comes to pass? I've been there. Sometimes I still go through some of those situations because, as you know, destiny and vision is progressive. When you go to one level, then the whole next level opens up. And that's our beautiful journey as Christians, that there's always more. There's always the next level. There's always the next step in our destiny. And so if you're sitting here this morning and saying, Lord, how long more? I believe this word is for some of us, for all of us. And I put down this morning seven stages of a dream moving into becoming a destiny. Seven stages from where a dream moves from being staying a dream to becoming a destiny. And of course, in our E100 readings last week, we were all so inspired by the life of Joseph. Are you all with the EV100? Fantastic, absolutely. And I think every time we read Joseph, it inspires us all over again. And I think that started to you know, build up in me as well. And of course, we can hear, we've heard a lot of sermons on the life of Joseph. I just want to bring in a few uh, points from his life again. Right at the start, Genesis 37 and verse 5, and you don't need to turn to it because I'll read them all for you. Right at the start, of course, it all begins with the dream. And some, sorry, Genesis 37 verse 5, it simply starts off the first part of the verse, and it says, now Joseph had a dream. And I, 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 as I begin to understand how God works, I believe dreams are planted by God. We don't just get up in the morning and say, yep, I think this is a good idea, let me do this today. I, I believe dreams and destinies are planted in our spirits, sometimes many, many, many years back, even before we begin to realize that there's a seed of God's destiny planted in our lives. So it begins with a, with a dream. Of course, we know what Joseph's dream was. That he was going to be raised up into a place of prominence and his family would acknowledge that and stuff like that. So it all begins with a dream. And if you're sitting here, I want you perhaps to remind yourself of the dream that God gave you, however many years back that may have been. I remember God gave me the first seeds of my own destiny when I was about 17 years old. I was actually walking into an evening prayer meeting in our church back home in Mumbai. 
not planning to hear God's voice, and boom, into my spirit, God dropped three words. And I knew in my heart that was my destiny. I went home that night and I wrote it in my diary. And I want to encourage you, if God gives you dreams and God gives you seeds of destiny, write it down. Because one day, He's going to bring it to pass. And that's what I'm going to share. How, what are the stages in a dream becoming the actual fulfilled destiny? And so it all begins with God giving us dreams because He's a God of destiny. If you're sitting here this morning, your life is not purposeless. If there's a word in the English dictionary, it's not aimless. There is a purpose to your life. There is a definite agenda that God has written out for you and me even before the foundations of the world because He's a God of destiny. Nina, there's a destiny God has for your life. Paul, God has a destiny for your life. Nick, God has a destiny for your life. Leon and Melissa, God has a destiny for your life. Yeah, if I can go... I can go through the whole auditorium because that's how personal God is. He knows us by name and He's written out a destiny, a dream for each of our lives if we would only see it. And so it begins with a dream. Of course, running into point number two, I believe the next step in the whole journey is a decision when we decide Okay, enough of my own plans. I think I want to go with God's plan now. I think for, me, for a couple of years, I went trying to do my own thing, trying to find my own way till I recognized, listen, the best plan uh, for my life is God's plan. And then I knew there were some sacrifices that I had to make, some choices that I had to make. And I came to a point, it took me a couple of months to say, yes, Lord, if that is what you're saying for my life, I'm making a decision, not my will, but yours be done. And I think that's important because I believe in my heart, God, God will not push His destiny upon us. He allows us to co-labor, to co-partner. Of course, He's always pushing us towards that destiny. But we have a part to play in terms of saying, yes, I want this for my life. And so one is knowing what that destiny is, knowing what that dream is. And then coming to a point where we decide to run with God's dream for our life. Now let's, the action begins to pick up now. Now I'm getting into the meat of my message this morning. So number one, there's a dream. Number two, there's a decision. You say, Chris, what happens next? I have decided now to follow Jesus. No turning back your plan for my life. Now this is what happens when you make a decision. And if you've decided, when I put the next point down, you will say, yes, that's exactly what's happening to me the moment I decided your plan for my life. Number three, Anyone re- does that resonate with anybody? The moment you say yes, I now recognize that God has a unique plan for my life. And I'm deciding now this enough for me running around in circles. I, w- I want to follow what you have. The moment you say that, that's when the difficulties start appearing. And I thought I must mention that so you're not shocked. Because Genesis 37 verse 5, let me read that again. It says, Joseph had a dream. Now listen, the second half of the verse. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Welcome to the world of dreams and destiny. We need to understand difficulties are part of the 
progress of the dream coming into full, full fruition to fulfilling his destiny. Difficulties, ch- challenges. I put down here in my notes, every dream goes through its testing, which is nothing else but God's pruning and preparation. God's pruning and preparation. Of course, I'm not trying, I don't want to divert from my notes, but I, I, I'm just reminded of that verse where it says, the branch that does not bear fruit, he, yeah, he prunes. But even the ones that bear fruit, wow, God, come on, I mean, that's pretty unfair. Even the ones that are bearing fruit, you are still chopping away at them because he wants that branch to bear even more fruit. And that's what I said. That's what I've discovered about destiny. It is progressive. Just when I think this is it, he says, no, there's another whole level. Oh, wow. And just, just when I reach the end of that level, listen, that was only the beginning. There's even more. I believe God has more because he's a God of destiny, but he's also a God of abundance. There's no limit. As I shared, I don't know when was that, to what God can do through an individual to, 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 who is fully yielded to him. No limit. And so difficulties are God's pruning and God's preparation. I'm going to read a few verses. Psalm, if you've never read this, this is going to be revelation for you this morning. Psalm 105 verses 17 to 19. In fact, make a note of it because this is a verse that gives me a lot of encouragement. Psalm 105 verses 17 to 19. Look, I'll I'll read this for you. It says, He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Now the psalmist, David, is writing about Joseph. Verse 18. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Now verse 19 is the key. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Did you know that was in scripture? It actually gives us why Joseph went through all that he went through. It says, till the word of the Lord came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him, proved him, pruned him. Because difficulties and challenges are God's way of preparing us for our destiny. I'm going to build on this a little more as we go along. I'm just reading a few verses. The word test is here about Joseph. Look at Genesis 22 verse 1. Another fantastic passage about Abraham offering Isaac up. Look at what it starts off by saying verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things, in other words, after God gave the promise to, 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 to Abraham, it says after these things, God tested Abraham. How about that? The moment the promise is given, the moment there's a response that, yes, I want to follow your destiny for my life, immediately the testing begins. And so if you're sitting here today and saying, why am I going through so much? It's because you've chosen to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And then the Lord says, yes, I want the best for you. I have the destiny. But listen, you've got to go through the stages You can't jump the process because if you jump the process, it won't do good to you. It won't do good to the kingdom. It won't do good for anybody. And therefore, I need to take you through step number three. The moment you have the promise and the moment you say, yes, Lord, immediately the heat is turned on. Anyone feeling the heat this morning? 
God is with you. You are where God wants you to be in the season that he wants you to go through. So the word testing came in there again. You said that's Old Testament. Let's look at the New Testament verse. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Count it all joy when you face trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And of course, that perseverance will be perfected, that you may be complete and like nothing. Listen, it, the scriptures are very consistent. There's no confusion about it. These steps are what all of us have to go through if we have to see the dream become a reality and the destiny operate in its fullest form. There has to be the difficult stage. There has to be the pruning. There has to be the testing. There has to be the trying. And so three verses already. Very, let me just throw in a few thoughts coming back to Joseph's story. Listen, opposition came from his own brothers. Did you think about that? Wasn't even the devil at that point of time. Opposition came from his own brothers. I put down here, sometimes our greatest testing and preparation happens through people close to us. I'll give you a, a moment to let the bulb go up. Boom. Wow. I'll read that again because it's comforting for some of us. Sometimes our greatest testing and preparation happens through people close to us. Could be our family. Moving swiftly forward. Could happen through our church brothers and sisters. Could happen through our pastor. Oh dear. Our leaders, listen, don't run away when testing comes from people closest to you. Because God put them there for step number three. With me this morning. Interesting, Joseph was tested by his own, in fact his father didn't believe in the word as well. Kind of rebuked him, hey, don't say stuff like that. So opposition can come from people close to us. Of course, the response, he didn't get bitter towards the people God used to test him. Very important. He didn't get bitter towards the people who God used to test him. He recognized that God was in this. We'll come to that a bit later. He makes a statement. He knew God was in this. And so the, don't get bitter. Don't get bitter with the brother in the fellowship, the sister in the fellowship who sometimes annoys you. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to do that, but embrace them. Say, thank you for annoying me. Wow, never thought we'd say that in church. But now things may begin to make sense. Sometimes we want to run away from that. But listen, when we run away from the difficult people God's put in our lives... Guess what's happening? We're running away from the preparation. Wow. Didn't think, didn't think like from this angle, Chris. Yep. If we try and run away from the people or the situations or the challenges that God has put in our life, 
listen, we are missing out on what he's trying to do in us for the destiny that ultimately needs to be fulfilled. With me this morning. And so, so today, bless those who persecute you. In the fellowship. Don't get bitter towards them. He didn't let self-pity get the better of him. He recognized that God alone was still in control of his destiny. That's why when you remember his brothers, of course, I'm fast-forwarding the story, and they recognized who he was as the prince and the king in Egypt, and they were a bit now scared about what he was probably going to do. And he said, listen, guys, don't beat yourselves up. God actually orchestrated this so that none of us would go hungry. Remember that bit in the story? He recognized that even the annoying people that God put in his life were put there by God for a big expected purpose in the end. I want you to know this morning, listen to the statement, God is guarding your dream in the palm of his hands. No one can mess with it. I always use my famous statement, if God said it, he will do it. If God said it, he will do it. But listen, we are right now in the difficult season of the destiny coming to pass. I put down difficulties actually are a part of two things. Very quickly. Number one, God piecing and orchestrating something bigger that we cannot fathom at this point of time. So when you're going through a difficult thing, what God is actually doing, he's piecing something together which we are not seeing or able to see at this point of time. Listen, Joseph did not see the dots being connected. I'll tell you what he went through. Number one, he was hated by his family. That speaks of discouragement. Anyone been discouraged? Joseph went through it. Number two, he was sold by his brothers. Betrayal. Anyone felt a sense of betrayal? Number three, he was blamed by Potiphar's wife. False accusations. Anyone been through false accusations? Number four, he was imprisoned for no fault of his own. Injustice. Anyone feel they've been unjustly treated at times? He was, number five, he was forgotten by his friends. Ungratefulness. Now he been through that all, but what he, he's seen through, what he's seen with the eyes of the Spirit in those days, whatever capacity they could see with, he knew God was in control. He may have not seen how those individual events were adding up, but little did he know, ultimately it was leading him to becoming the second in charge in Egypt. Almost overnight. Almost overnight. Look, the preparation time took so long, but the victory came almost instantly. I've seen that again in scripture, again and again. The preparation time takes a long time. But when the miracle happens, the breakthrough comes, it's so instant, it's so swift. I mean, my classic story, you must have heard it a million times from me, but it's worth repeating again. When Elisha was challenging the prophets of Baal, remember that story on Mount Carmel? It perhaps took him a good four, five hours to get the place ready. He had to chop up, you know, break the stones, 12, put 12 stones. He had to chop up the wood, put the wood, dig a trench, carry pots of water, put water around it, then chop the bull. I don't know how many hours. He must have been exhausted. But the prayer was only two verses long. Or two lines. God of fire, come and consume. Preparation takes a lot of time. But when you go through that, boom. 
suddenly the destiny will begin to unfold. But don't shortcut the difficulty. So number one, God is piecing something together. There are, there are people attached to that destiny. Now what he was going through was going to affect the entire tribe of Israel. They were, going to be, they were going to survive because of what he went through. And from them, Jesus, the Messiah came. Can you see what a critical part his story was in the bigger picture? Sometimes, and I said this when I spoke about Lazarus, a lot of times we're not sure why we're going through something. But listen, a lot of people are attached to your destiny. Which you and I may not see right now. You may think, What's up? what about me? Am I going to benefit from this? Is anything good going to happen to my life? A lot of times, because we are Christians, our own life actually affects hundreds of other people. Many times we don't even know that. But God is orchestrating something through the difficulties. And number two, very important. This is very important. God is using the difficult period to equip us for the destiny that lies ahead. The word equip is very important. He's equipping us. When we reach the destination, we must be equipped for the destiny. Character is being developed during this difficult period of time. Wisdom is being developed. Experience is being developed. David had to fight the bear and the lion before he faced the giant. Because we need to know how to handle things. Listen, if God puts us in a position and we are not prepared for it, sometimes the position can hit our heads. And we won't even know how to handle it. And so we are wondering, why, why am I not becoming a leader when God, I know God wants me to be a leader? Because perhaps when we become the leader, we won't be able to handle that position. Why am I not getting all the money God said he was going to bring into my hands? Because perhaps when that money comes, we're not ready to, to manage it or to handle it. And so God is trying to prepare us so that when we get to that place, we are equipped to handle it. Does that make sense? It's not that God is not doing it. It's because he wants to prepare us so that when we get to that place, we know how. That's where a lot of people get frustrated with their leaders. Why aren't you promoting me? Why aren't you doing this? Because sometimes we are not ready to handle that position. We're not ready to handle finances. Not, we may not be ready to, to handle responsibility. Because the, bigger the, the, the higher we go into our destiny, the bigger the responsibility. And if we are not faithful in small things, it will be difficult to be faithful in big things. If, I, if we can't cope with little pressure, how will we cope with big pressure? With me this morning. We've seen people like time and time again, we, we, we give them something a bit too early, boom, they crumble. Few months, boom, can't cope with it. And so God is preparing us, not just for a, a, a testimony and for the people that's, that, that lies ahead of us. He's also preparing us to handle the destiny when we reach that place. I put down people. He's preparing us to handle people. How many of you know some of the biggest problems are, that happen are people problems? So leaders and people with destiny have all the gifting, all the talent, but they've they still not developed the, the ability to work with people. And so they have the anointing, they've got the capacity, but they end up falling out with everybody. So what, would God put that person and set them up for failure? He wouldn't. He says, listen, I need to prepare you through these times of difficulty. 
A relationship. Or relationship. Sometimes you're not ready for a relationship. But we wouldn't know how to handle it. And so God is not saying, I'm not giving you that relationship. He's saying, I'm probably preparing you so that when you get there, you're ready for it. Does it make sense, guys, this morning? He's preparing us. So that when we get there, we're equipped to handle it. He's preparing us to handle challenges. He's preparing us to handle opposition. As they say, the higher the level, the bigger the devil. And so if our destiny starts getting bigger, but we are not sure how to handle opposition, whether it comes from the devil, whether it comes from people, listen, we will actually crumble. And so God is gently preparing us, allowing us step by step to get to that place so that when we get to our destiny or our destination, we are equipped to handle that destiny. Not that we're going to be 100% perfect. None of us are ever going to be. But we'll be reasonably prepared for when we get there. I put down, there's lots to learn and lots to be prepared for before we actually get to the fullest and the highest call in our destiny. In fact, my next point is linked to this. That's why sometimes... And this is something you will identify with. Say, Chris, yep, this is me actually right now. Delay. Delay, as we heard a lot of people say, is not denial. Delay is not denial. God is not saying no. He's simply saying, listen, I'm doing something. There's something happening even in the period of the delay. If you take out a cake too early from the oven, it doesn't taste too good, isn't it? Let me say this about delay. His timing is the perfect timing. Because the Bible says, He makes all things beautiful in His time. And if I can understand that God is someone who wants my destiny to come to pass, He wants to see me walk in the highest call that I can ever walk in. If he is delaying it, there must be a very good reason as to why it's happening. It's the most frustrating period of time in the whole process. The delay is the most frustrating phase in the journey. I think we all can put our hands up and say, the waiting game, Lord, is the most difficult part. When is this ever going to happen? But listen, that's the process He's preparing us. There's a story. Again, there's a story. There's a testimony. There's a testimony waiting at the end of this process. And sometimes the longer the process, the bigger the testimony. Hallelujah. The more difficult the process, the bigger the testimony. Number five. Some of us might even go to this stage. Starts with a dream. After a while, we say, yes, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Boom. Difficulties come our way. And then it seems never-ending. So much so when it gets so delayed and you don't see anything happen, some of us reach number five. Seems like dead end. Over. I've given up. It's never going to happen.
seems like the death of the dream. It's like the dream itself has died. I know I've been with people who've, who've been, who, who, who are at this stage and it's painful, it's hurtful. Because they knew when they heard from God, they knew it. But because of circumstances, because of the way life panned out and the way and where they find themselves and they think, wow, did I, did I even hear correctly? Perhaps I heard wrong. Let me just forget about it. Let me just get on with the rest of my life. And I simply want to say this to encourage you. When we reach dead end, it's actually one of the best places in the whole journey because this is the place when we are broken the most. A broken vessel allows more of him to flow out than anything else. Where we recognize that God comes even before the dream. God, you are more important than even the dream that I've been holding on to for all these years. Because it could be sometimes we're chasing the dream more than we're chasing God. And that frustration brings us to a place where we realize, listen, I'm willing to lay my dream down. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to, I don't want to run after it at the cost of him being first in my life. Ultimately, if there's one thing that must satisfy us, listen to this now. I've been in the ministry for many, many years. I understand the highs and the lows, everything about what ministry entails. It's exhilarating at times as much as it's challenging at times. But the Lord always told me, your joy, your excitement mustn't come from the ministry. But it must come from the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If not, we can get so caught up in the destiny, in the dream, that we forget about the one who's actually given us the dream and is making it come to pass. And we can lose our way along the way. And God is saying, listen, ultimately I bring you sometimes to a place of dead end because I want you to look to me all over again. So that, you, so that I am your everything. I am your source of satisfaction. I am your source of fulfillment. So much so like, uh, like those three boys. Even if he doesn't show up, O oh king, we will still not bow down. We will still not go to plan B. We will still stay the course. Because it's him that matters at the end of the day. Not me fulfilling something that I think is the best thing for my life. It's a place of total surrender. And I thought I needed to throw this in because sometimes we can be at a place where we come to dead end because there's so much of delay after a lot of difficulties. But you know something? One of the greatest turnarounds in my own life and ministry was when I came to a place of a dead end. I remember sitting with my pastor one day and I was, I was one of the leaders in our, in our church back home in India. But we had been through so much of breaking that when we sat at that meeting, I said, listen, I don't think I have anything to give anymore. He said, you're ready for your next level. <laughs> because God is always stripping us of ourselves. 
and allowing us to depend on him more and more and more and more. And in fact, the higher you go, you and I recognize, I need you more. We sang that song last Sunday. Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your enabling power. It's like Jacob when he, when he, was, he was so enthusiastic about getting the blessing. But ultimately, he got a reminder that, listen, you've got to depend on me. And for the rest of his life, as he fulfilled his destiny, he fulfilled it with a limp. Remembering God ultimately is the one. Again, Moses, Moses, he had the same, and I use this illustration again. He had a great dream. He wanted to see his people set free. How many of you remember that? But he tried to do it when he was in his own strength. And enthusiasm and wisdom, trying to do things in his own way. But he was caught out. (laughs) Ran away. We don't know what really happened during those 40 years in the desert. But when the same dream came back to him and God said, listen, Moses, I want you to go. The same Moses who was ready to do anything to save his people said, Lord, I'm not good enough. I can't speak. They won't believe me. How will this happen? Something happened that brought him to a place where he realized, I can't do this on my own. And in order for us to fulfill the highest call that God has for our life, and not just a little bit here, a little bit there. Listen, we are talking today of fulfilling the highest destiny, the highest call that God has for our life. Listen, my friends, this is the process that he takes us through so that ultimately we'll be fulfilling the highest call that he has for our life. Dead end is a place where we come to a place of brokenness. Where we are chasing God more than the dream. And where God comes before the dream. And I put an ending statement to this point. When Moses said he couldn't do it, God said, you're ready now. (laughs) And that's when point number six. That's when the deliverance begins to happen. God resurrects. The dream once again. If you're here this morning, you're on that place where you say, I don't know what's going on with my life. Everything seems to be absolutely chaos, especially when I decided to follow him. Listen, don't be surprised. That's exactly how it's meant to be. And you're on the right track because now God's in the business of preparing you for the greatest call. Don't shortcut the process. Don't jump the process. It's hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. It's easier said than done. But listen, that's where we need to depend on him even more. And say, Lord, I can't even go through this process in my own strength. I need you more. I need you more. And when he becomes our all in all, there will be delays. There will be dead ends. But then will come the deliverance. Like I said, my greatest turnaround in my ministry journey came when I reached my rock bottom. (laughs) And I thought, listen, after all these years, I've been pastoring a church and I know it all. I have nothing more to give. Nothing more to give. I'm broken. But I believe that was the time I was ready. God prepared me for the next phase of my journey. That was just before I came to Britain. You may think you're in a dead end. Perhaps that's the turning point for your next big season in God. And of course, finally, to sum it up, the destiny starts to get fulfilled.
the dream starts to get fulfilled. Dream, decision, difficulties, delay, dead end, deliverance, destiny. I pray you're encouraged this morning to persevere. And listen, sometimes the cycle happens again and again because I said vision and destiny is progressive. So just when you're starting to fulfill one destiny, God gives you another dream. But now for the next level of the dream, he has to again do more work in us. That's why it's a constant lifetime of learning and depending on him. We don't learn it all with one. We keep on learning. We keep on growing. We keep on getting reminded. We keep on getting enlarged. We keep on getting broken even more. So that it's not nothing of us, but all of him in all that we do. Let me just close with a passage of scripture, and we're going to pray. I put down here, God is teaching us, and he's wanting us to endure and persevere. That's my sum up words for some of us this morning. Endure and persevere. If you're going through a harrowing time, the two words that God prophetically put in my notes, endure and persevere. Because you're going through the process. And I'll read a passage of scripture, Hebrews 12, verses 1, 2, and 7. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance. Look at the word. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. My brothers, my sisters, some of you needed to hear this this morning. Run with endurance the race that God has set before you. Verse 2. We do this by keep. How do we do this? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Now look at it. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. The process has to go through and then comes the glory Of course, verse 7 says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. He's not a cruel God. He's a loving father. But if he's turning on the heat, it's because he only has something better, something bigger, something more sure in the days ahead. Let's arise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.